0: This is Loose Leaf, a multi-author podcast journal where we talk about goals, the ups and downs of writing, and where we try to warn you off of our greatest pitfalls. Make sure you like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Podcast. Hello everybody! It feels like forever since the last time we posted a podcast. It's only been a month, but a lot has happened in that month. I know for me personally, There has been a lot of writing. I finished book one, revised it, sent it to beta readers, revised it, edited, and it is up and ready to go for its release on June 15th. I did manage to finish the draft of book two, which will come out in August. It still needs a heavy dose of revisions and the beta read and more revisions. But I don't feel as stressed as I did before we took our podcasting break. I know lots of things have happened in Hillary and Kale's lives. Kale has a brand new daughter at home that's keeping him busy on top of work and trying to squeeze in some writing and the hundred other wonderful things he's working on. Hillary has, oh my goodness, she has so much. I don't even know where to start with her. (laughs) She's made prom dresses. She has been getting a daughter ready for an extended trip and she's also finished a book and is trying to get everything ready for her cozy, her full length cozy mystery. I'm really hopeful that the three of us will get together soon so that we can share everything that's going on in their lives. In the meantime, I've been chomping at the bit to get back to podcasting and we're going to start off season two today with an interview with Maria. She's got a new book that came out this year and We're going to get to meet her and get some great advice from her. So to introduce her, Maria, how do you say your last name? Marotti. Well, Maria is an author and retired academic who lives in Santa Barbara, California. She has scholarly publications that include Italian women writers from the Renaissance to the present, the Duplicating Imagination Twain and the Twain Papers, and Gendering Italian Fiction. And then you also have some fiction, which includes a question of class and many short stories, memoirs of a scoundrel dog. And that's a that came out in 2017. It's a book of canine humor based on her own life with an entertaining rascal of a dog. <laughs> we've seen we've seen a couple of those on our podcast. Uh, and of course, her newest novel came out in February.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, approximately. January. January, actually. January.
0: Yeah. Yes. And that's uh, the Intr- the Etruscan princess. Yes. Okay. Well, what else would you like us to know about you personally, Maria?
1: Well, I would just want to add one more thing. Uh, the book is both in uh, um, ebook and paperback.
0: Wonderful. And
1: also, it's coming out very, very soon on the uh, um, audiobook.
0: Oh, we love yeah. audible books. <laughs> Those are wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure there is a link to not only your website but also uh, the Etruscan Princess on Amazon in the yeah. in the show notes. Um, yeah. So I do want to introduce the book a little bit before we get into to questions and and get you talking. The book is about a vacation in Italy, which mm-hmm. I'm excited about, um, with his girlfriend um, Captain Fusco. Is that how mm-hmm. you say it? So he takes his girlfriend to Italy in the hopes of convincing her to get engaged, I guess is what it sounds like. And they get mixed up in this kidnapping case. I guess that just kind of brings me into my first question Where do you come up with your ideas? <laughs> Who
1: knows? <laughs> I stand. <laughs> Um, I think I, uh, this is a sequel of a previous novel, okay. and so I had already developed the characters, and so I developed them further, and they were kind of screaming, <laughs> I want to go on. <laughs> <laughs> they a life of their own, and, and they reside somewhere in our minds, as yeah. writers, and they yeah. asked to be put out there and and develop <laughs> so um I just uh, came up with that and uh yes I, I like Italy I'm from Italy and um I had not been there for a while and I, I was just okay okay so what are they gonna do now they are in a relationship because that's how the previous one ends and um clearly they're different um something some. Things, some pain is there, something is there that is. And so I started with their pain and their personal pain. And then I it, it, this, this whole thing happens and they, they could not solve their, their pain in a sense, but, but the, getting entangled into this kidnapping thing um, creates a situation by which they have to either solve their problem or not solve it. And in a sense, the first Fusco sees it like an obstacle. I'm here on vacation. I'm here on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I want to enjoy Italy, and you know, and convince my girlfriend that yes, I'm okay. And and then and then you know this happens and he sees it just as an obstacle to avoid but but can't that's the the whole thing he can't he really can't and she doesn't want to avoid it either you know she really doesn't want to avoid it she wants to do something about it so they're very different she's a sleuth you know oh so she does enjoy that Enjoys that, <laughs> excites her and worries her too. Um, and but is professional, you know, you follow the rules, you don't do yeah. this way. No, 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 and that's so <laughs> different. And 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 there is conflict, and but they love each other, you know, and so it, in a sense, that is the best thing ever happened to them <laughs> This all trying to solve this case you know
0: oh that just sounds like so much fun
1: <laughs> yeah it's fun and at the same time there is Italy and there is the food and there is the art and there is the traveling and the people and funny things and it, yeah. it, it, they tell me it's a page turner so oh good. It's on me. it wasn't a page turner for me <laughs> when I <wrote> it. but <laughs> it, it, for some people they write it apparently yeah.
0: So did it feel like you got to go home a little bit when you talked about probably some of your favorite places in Italy?
1: I I know when I wrote it, I was going to Italy back and forth in so I had the material there, but then um, now lately I haven't been able to go for a number of reasons, including the pandemic,
0: yeah. <laughs> I already <had> the ticket, <laughs> 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 but,
1: you know, you know, that is, you know, it, it, it was just impossible at the time i hope to go in september so this is a a little bit a little bite of the book you know why I read it yes. <laughs> it's entertaining and but it it has some depth too i mean it's not a superficial entertaining i want to say that
0: <laughs> when we were exchanging emails you said detective stories are a great way to start a conversation on social issues. So what kind of social issues do you talk about in this particular novel? In this particular
1: novel, I talk about uh, organized crime, which is a problem that Italy has. Uh, This is not to discourage a tourist. It doesn't (laughs) involve the tourists, but it does involve many aspects of life in some parts of Italy. And so that is one thing. I wanna talk about uh, th- art theft. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I chose the Etruscan princess instead of a Renaissance piece. Uh, some people ask me, but why didn't you choose? We have so many. Because you know, to steal those things, you need a lot of organization. And I wanted instead to talk about this uh, petty theft, basically of this. Tomb Raiders, <laughs> they, yeah, in all around the um, northern part of Rome, you know, right. that's where the Etruscan area starts, it's in northern, the northern Lazio, which is the region where, where Rome is, and then it goes in Tuscany and uh, Romania, so it, it's, it goes up north. That's the area where the Etruscans are um, a very ancient civilization, way before the Romans and all that, and and um, very refined, very refined civilization, great art. Unfortunately, we cannot read what they've written, so that's also a, it's a mysterious, this kind of mysterious, or oh, it goes well with mystery, right? <laughs> so I decided, um, yes, that's one, and I had some experience of that tomb reading situation because. Simply, I many many years ago in my late husband we we had a house um right on the Bracciano Lake and um vacation place and uh, and uh, uh so we we heard a little bit about that that there was this stealing going into the tombs and it that's easy to do you know it's almost impossible to close all those tombs you know so it's easy for thieves to go in and steal so that is another problem, local problem, but, but then it is international problem of art theft. If there were no collectors who are really willing to, to buy stolen things and they don't know. Of course not. <laughs> of course not, right? <laughs> <laughs> they get exported everywhere, you know, and yeah. who's ever gonna find? That's the, the thing. So there is also that subtext um, and also, a, a, another uh, other character's the girl who <laughs> was kidnapped and, and uh, her connections with her family and disconnection, actually, and and, and if there is such a word, <laughs> so they, <laughs> so they that too it has to evolve from anger and hatred and spite into something else. So
0: right. Oh. See, and I love that you can pull all of that into this fictional world and still be sharing and educating, but do it in a fun, fictional way so that people are just enjoying, which is wonderful. Well, I
1: was a teacher for a long time.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, let's talk about that. You said you were a teacher for a long time. So... So I'm going to guess that writing was not the first thing that you did. How, what did you do before and how did you get into writing?
1: Well, when I was six years old and I learned how to read and write, by the way, the first book I read was Pinocchio. (laughs) And I found it entertaining, but also very sad. So, um, and, uh, and so I uh, that was the first thing. And, uh, um, one day, I was six year old, I told my mother, When I grow up, I want to be a writer. And I don't know where it came from, but it sounded good to me then. And my yeah. mother said, Oh, that's nice, yeah, that's a good thing to do. <laughs> um, I, um, thankful that she didn't discourage me and say oh okay who's gonna publish your stuff no she didn't say anything. oh that's lovely <laughs> so that was good and uh and then uh, you know later as i was a teenager i started writing poetry i think many teenagers do and i did that then i started writing short stories so i i that has been part of my life and then once i I learned more about literature and got a degree. And, and then I went to the States with a scholarship and all that. And, and then eventually got more degrees here because I have a PhD. And, and you know, I got more interested in, in, in the writing process. and uh, But at the time, it was more literary criticism because that went well with my academic career so that's how i wrote all those books some with colleagues some on my own but it, you know i followed the the usual pattern yeah. now my first um book in the series in the detective series is actually about the corruption in in the in the academic world how it's dysfunctional it is and so and uh why use the detective to find out? because detectives, whether they are going to Italy to with <laughs> <boo> a girlfriend <laughs> or they are going through a depression in, in, in California, they get entangled into their um, you know the object of their yeah. investigation and they need to know the, the environment. They need to know everything about it before uh, you know that they can do anything before they find the culprit and they figure out what's really going on you know right so in order to do that they need to learn but they, they in a sense they have an in innocent outlook because there are no crimes in academia they aren't i mean <laughs> i never heard of stabbing and shooting it's not gangs or something like that you know so it's very polite so um basically he, he has to learn about it and now there are the crimes (laughs) and they may create this one crime that comes up so that's and the same is you know he's going innocent innocent look and then so the the learner you know the the new newcomer kind of look it's important when you're doing something to have that kind of outlook Uh, because the reader too may not know so the reader too is goes along for the ride it's nothing is It's not that they are going to work on, you know, let's see with this mafia crime. No, it's not really that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You've mentioned that the story um, starts before this book. What's the name of the first book in the series?
1: A Question of Class.
0: Okay. So I was wondering if that was it, A Question of Class. that came out in 2006. That's the first one.
1: Yes. Yes. But I'm going to republish it, actually. Yeah. Wonderful. That way
0: way if our listeners want to start at the beginning, they can get to know you.
1: Yes, Yes. Yes. we'll be out. (laughs) Uh
0: I love that when you were young, I mean, super early, you decided you were going to write. And I've found that a lot of authors start with poetry, which Mm -hmm. for me is so hard. (laughs) So I really respect that that's where you started. Um, How long did it take you to write your first full length novel?
1: You know, it's interesting. I started a few things. When I, le- I left academia that early, I got tired of the games and <laughs> I retired and I specialized in something else. This is an aside. I always had interest in hypnotherapy. I became a hypnotherapist. I'm a Ricky master. Uh, past life regression, breath work. So I did them all <laughs> and I had a little practice and, uh, and uh, I enjoyed doing it for many years. I'm not working anymore now. I'm just uh, writing, which is my work. <laughs> but I, I did that for a number of years. It was great, great to um, be with people, helping people to stop smoking, to to get out of depression. Yeah, you know? So all sorts of things like that, okay. So, uh, the question was, <laughs> uh, what, um, how long did it take to write that first novel? First novel. Well, you know, I, there were many aborting attempts. I, I started and then it didn't go and then, and then something else happened. And the one, then at some point something happened, my mother died and, um, and it was ill for a few years. And I, Went back and forth from from here to to Italy and this and that and and the grief was intense and I wrote I wrote a novel about that and then I found this is really healing and I had found that through through some short stories but that was so healing to do to just close the door cry write cry some more write I felt in a couple of months only. Two, Two months, I was done with that, and even with the process. I mean, of course, the grief stays for a while, but the intensity, the sting, went away. I I was able to free myself by writing that. is not published, and it will not be published. It's way too personal. Yeah,
0: even though it was for you, the,
1: in the situation, it was for me. That was the purpose of the whole thing. I realized, At first I thought maybe yeah, I had some agents look at it. Uh, it just, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, I didn't like what they had to say. It, it was not that. It was my catharsis. So it was well worth it. Yeah.
0: Right. I, you said two things in there that I really love. First, you said that there were many aborted attempts, that you started something it didn't work. So you let it go. Because I think a lot of times new writers feel like, well, I have to finish it. I started it. I have to do it, but it's okay to let yourself go, you know, to, to admit this is not where I need to be devoting my time. It was a great way to start and practice, but I'm going to move on. So I really, really appreciate that. And then the second was just the whole idea that you took the time to write, For you to explore all of your emotions and to get that down. And like you said, to go through that process and be willing to keep that just for you. I don't think we have to publish everything we sit down and write. I think that's a great exercise because I think if we can learn to write for ourselves, then when we do write something that we intend to publish, we can find a better balance of writing to audience, but also still being true to what's in our hearts.
1: That's one thing to say to new writers, you know, just uh, don't get attached to the result, yeah. do it as a practice. And then if you keep on practicing, something will come out yeah. that it is
0: there. Yeah. Yeah. And to be patient.
1: If you write a part and then you put it aside and then you go back maybe a year later, two years later, you know, the interesting thing about the Idraskan princess, I did that, I wrote a piece, okay, then I put it aside. Then I went back, wrote another piece, okay. Then I went on vacation with my husband to a spiritual community in Brazil, and I had plenty of time. You know, you cannot meditate that much, then <laughs> there's <was> some fun. You <laughs> in that one way do it. It's a small village, there's nothing to do. No, there is the book, okay. So <laughs> I every time I had time, I wrote, and within two months it was finished, a good chunk almost completely finished. So that was great. Um now I had established a, a habit with my husband was that he he would read my stuff. Okay, it was just something that we did it would, okay, here's a modern church. So he, that was great. He it was very really helpful. Now he passed away suddenly and uh, nine years ago. And so he never got to, to reading the, the book. And I just uh, I I was I I was overwhelmed obviously with grief and financial things I mean everything changed everything was difficult and so I just decided okay that's I'm not this is not it and years later years later I looked at it and I said wow that's not bad don't huh so I sent it to a friend who's an editor I said what do you think of this one. And it's said, I love it. It's very well put together. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so it took me a little bit of time to go into the yes, yes. And that's where the publishing industry can be a total killer. <laughs> I knew from the first novel that going through the process of sending the book and, and in even the, the Scoundrel book, sending it out sending it to agents they make you wait then after they make you declare that you're not going to show it to anybody else and then you think okay so he's interested well not at all
0: <laughs> and sometimes they don't <laughs> tell you okay i'm done go ahead and move on
1: <laughs> yeah move on Yeah, no. no. oh, me are you still interested oh no 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 okay <laughs> So the, the lack of courtesy, the lack of I said, why am I doing this? So, yeah, for the first one, OK, I found a semi-traditional publisher at the time was Publish America, and I got it published that way. OK, now the problem publishing that way is that you really had to work out a lot to sell books, and at the time it was like that, really, you could not. So the, the obstacle of that was discouraging. First thing I did, I finished, and, and that's also an interesting story about the, the dog book. But, you know, I did that. I published it on my own. I heard about it. People told me, you know, now there is this. There was Create Space, which was owned by Amazon. Then they changed to Kindle Direct Publishing. So I said, okay, you know, there is, there is a way out of this, even though I may not be able to sell, but, Still there is that. And um, and so eventually I took the courage and do a, a very good um, rewriting and, and working on it and, and things came out. Yes. So that's, uh, and so I, I might think to the new writers is don't worry if uh, you don't get the, the agent Okay, you can try. Give it a good try. You may be lucky. I don't want to discourage anybody from doing that. But if you don't find the agent, obviously you're not going to publish with a big publisher. Um, Okay, there is always a self-publishing thing that you can do. And so it's not, the publishing should not stop anybody from writing.
0: I love that. And I don't know that um, new writers sometimes understand how hard it can be. Um, I know my first novel was with a, a smaller traditional publisher and I learned so much from the experience that I would never do it again <laughs> because I, I love having control over all the parts and pieces and being able to look and see, Oh, Hey, I did this marketing and look, Oh, I got some new sales. So that worked. And you know, I, you don't have that freedom a lot of times with traditional publishers. And as you said, it's a waiting game and they don't always communicate as openly and as quickly as, as you know, we would really like. So I love that. I love that you brought that up. Okay. What is your least favorite part of the writing process? The writing can be a lot of fun.
1: I feel high. (laughs) When I write, and I'm happy, <laughs> you know. It, I mean, it's the creative process. I'm in touch with a part of me that is not my ordinary consciousness. You know, it's it's like an extraordinary thing happening, almost spiritual experience. And being an alternative <laughs> practitioner, <laughs> I have experience of that. You know, just being open to whatever. Okay, so that part is really nice. Um, there are various things I don't like. One is the writer's blocks, which happen. I've had quite a few. Um life interfering. That's another big writer block. You know, um I've had many, you know, close people around getting sick and needing help. And it's just, you know, pets get sick and, and die. I and mean, all this slows down the process. So it's not a a straight line. It goes like this and this. And you have to go for the ride. Accept the fact that it is entangled with your experiences of life. Now comes the favorite thing. It allows you to process, to really process your life. You become a much better person writing uh, because you have the time not to react, but to think. So what really happened here? So, you know, and uh, and uh, the bitterness of having to go through uh, painful losses is not there anymore. It's like, okay, this is very sad, and I can use the writing as a cathartic thing, but also as a learning experience, and... Uh, a process, it, it turns something that it looks at first sight ugly into something beautiful. So this is a, a gift that I've been given and many people are given. You know, we all have a way of processing stuff. And the writing is my way of processing stuff and making it um, acceptable and, and useful for my life or for other people's lives. You know, I, I'm interesting. I... am you know, when you say, who is your avatar? So I thought my avatar were women, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> women for any age, you know, maybe 15, but, you know, in their 20s or 30s, yes, and, and beyond and beyond, very beyond. <laughs> so it, it was just that. And then uh, I thought about doing the audio book and I have a, a friend who is an actor, a theater actor. And so I said, by the way, would you read and see if you would like to do the audiobook for me? And he said, yeah, sure. It was just already when he saw the cover. Oh, it's a nice cover. I guess it's a romance, isn't it? Well, there is that too. Mm, I don't know. He was so negative. So I said, well, clearly this is not. He said, you know, this is more for women. Maybe, you know, see what you want to do. So he read it. And then he called me. I said, it's fantastic. Oh. I couldn't put it out.
0: That's wonderful. <laughs> <I> said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just for women. <laughs> no,
1: absolutely not. It, it, it did me a lot of good because I was going through a depression and it snapped me out. Oh. I said, this is good i heard women telling me that but then this one i was like a surprise wow yeah i want to do it i want to do it
0: okay. yes yes oh that's wonderful so he's the one now recording it for you
1: he recorded it yes there's some technical snacks that need to be uh, fixed but but it's it's okay it's getting ready, it will be it's getting
0: ready. that is exciting <laughs> that is so yeah. exciting I'm sitting here taking notes because I love that you said you have to go for the ride when you were talking about writing. And it made me think that you don't have to be a published author to go on that ride and enjoy all the benefits of being a writer.
1: It's lovely, lovely to publish it and lovely to market it too. It is very, you know, and that's a new thing. Okay. That's you say, what are the hurdles? Well, the publication can be, it's a tedious work you know, really meticulous and 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 yeah, I'm finding okay, no, this formatting is not quite right. And no, this you know, there are lots of technical things. I'm my partner, my present partner is very good at that. I mean it's really meticulous person and thank God for that because I'm not (laughs) (laughs) look at that. (laughs) Okay. Right. And, 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 you know, I'm very happy and grateful that he's doing that. And, and so that's, that's one thing to, to be able to, what happened here? It's all good. Yeah. No, just I moved. (laughs) So anyway, that's, uh, that's, um, that's one thing that, that can be tedious, can be uh, like, oh, the last book I ever write. But it's not true. We all have that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And, you uh, know, like you said, it's how we process things and we have to get back in there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it just becomes part of who we are.
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, then, you know, I want to thank you. And whoever has invited him to podcasts, it's a wonderful way to become public.
0: I truly believe we all have a story to share and all of our path to becoming a writer to becoming published. If that's our goal, it's all different. And I love getting to hear other people's stories. I love having a place where they can share, where you can share your story with others. And, and hopefully that means people come and find, you know, come and find your books as well. But if nothing else, I, I, I feel like you are an inspiration Because you started a path and, you know, you took whatever side roads you needed to explore and, and kept writing until you reached what it was that you wanted to accomplish. Is there anything else that you really would like to share with our listeners, whether it be about your writing or about ways that they can continue on their journey or any kind of advice that you would have for them?
1: Just be open, keep writing, pursue. Uh, don't make the publication the goal, but accept the fact. And once you're done, once you're done with whatever you can get for yourself and for your friends um, and uh, consider publication in any form. I don't say it has to be self published or uh, traditional, just explore that thing too. And once something doesn't work, just accept it. There are many paths, there are other paths too. And uh, um, traditional uh, publishing is not necessarily easy. Uh, It can be a problem. Uh, Certain parts of it are easier than self-publish, but there are many other things that are not easy at all. Just to get there, it can be really difficult. So don't let that discourage you, just let it go. Now writing, how do you, well, look at your life. You know, it's not that it has to be autobiographical, but it, it, there are many ways in which your life provides you with the wealth. It's an enormous wealth just to be alive and to be able to look and uh, you know into your life. It's it's a it's a fantastic gift that we are given, uh, and just to be here to learn and to and to write about it, and you know I. Sometimes I found inspiration in things that people don't normally do, like animals, you know. I, I'm, I, I heard you before we started, you have dogs, well, I, I love dogs, uh, also have a feral cat now. My dogs have died, but my feral cat stays and says, okay, I'm here, <laughs> feed me. <laughs> He's am much more affectionate lately. And um, I think he wants more because he's getting older. So it's he's you know, it, there and he walks in, meow. And then, it, and then I watch TV and he jumps in my lap. Okay, let's watch TV. Okay.
0: <laughs> he's becoming less and less feral every day.
1: <laughs> every day, a little bit less feral. So I'm writing the, the book that I am now. I'm almost done with it. It's called the the saint which was one of the dogs i had it was a total saint and the angel and it's the the other dog i lost in october and a wonderful dog and all the neighbors called her the angel because she was so angelical and and then and the mean cat (laughs) and the mean cat is later of course (laughs) because it's more grounded you know it's more like okay so today the, the <laughs> saint told me and the saint was also the mother of the, the cat basically I mean she she said okay the voice keep it down <laughs>
0: <laughs> well while we're on it, why don't you tell us a little bit about memoirs of a scoundrel dog because I know you had mentioned just that you can use animal narrative to kind of give this different perspective so how did you do mm-hmm. that
1: you know, I just—it uh, was quite a, an adventure to have that dog <laughs> because it was a real rascal. <laughs> so my late husband and I went crazy with him because he—he he just throws bananas. <laughs> he, he, I had it—it caused an obsession. I have to get out of this joint, <laughs> you know. I just have to get out, and so he was constantly running away. You could never leave the door even ajar. They <laughs> would "Okay, I'm out!" Hey, and then he would come back because, of course, there is no place like home. But there was this whole thing. Sometimes he would get himself entangled into the 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 fence. I mean, and he was screaming because, of course, he couldn't then get out or get in. I mean, it was just a mess. It it was all like this. It was an unbelievable, excuse me, an unbelievable thing that he that he had a fixation, and uh, so they did all sorts of things. When they he ran away, and then he managed to get into somebody else's garage. And my- <laughs> And I could hear him bark. And I said, he's inside a garage, somebody else's garage. And he said, said, no, don't you see this locked? He doesn't have the key. I said, I don't know, maybe he got the key open and then somehow managed to lock it. I don't know, but that's it. Well, it was him. okay. And uh, he had entered through a little hole because he was running after a cat. The cat, meanwhile, managed to, to leave. And he was with one leg into it. A tire and another leg into washing machine. It was just unbelievable.
0: <laughs> That's just fascinating.
1: <laughs> we're funny things, but they were annoying at the time. Some some of uh, my friends who read it and laughed and everything, and they said, you know, this is your autobiography <laughs> <laughs> told by the dog. <laughs> and it was a, in a limited way, you know, a, a little bit of a memoir of the of those years of our lives with that dog. Now, the interesting spiritual experience I had, and I share it, and some people can say, oh, she's bad Well, that's okay. Uh, is that like I wasn't in a group, a channeling group. And I didn't channel, but it was a person who channeled. And he came after he had died through the channel. And I asked the, the channel, so I'm having a problem here with this book that I wrote about him. It needs illustration. And, uh, uh, you know, all my painting friends said, oh, I love it, this book. I'm going to paint. But then nothing happened and they couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. And it was people that could really do a fantastic painting job, but they couldn't do it. So I just felt, okay, well, that's the way it is, All right, it, it, Is there a problem? I mean, I, does he have any ideas? Does the dog have any ideas? Why this is this happening? And so the channel said, yeah, it's really mad at you because he, <laughs> he says, you're the one who has to paint it. Me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can do a few things, but a whole 20, 30 drawings? No, there's no way. I said, he's a scoundrel even when he's dead. Okay, that's that's the way it is. Okay, so when went home, I was so annoyed. And then I say, wait a minute, wait a minute, something is happening here. So I sat down and I did three drawings. Just like it was like automatic drawing. And I kept it up for a whole month. <laughs> I the dog was doing. <laughs> well, but if it works, right? <laughs> it worked. It worked. And yeah, you know, obviously. Someone may say, oh, but it's not, they look at this mistake. Doesn't matter. They are like, you know, little things like the New Yorkers illustrations, you know, that they're meant to just make you laugh or look at things in a different way. And that's what it was. But anyway, it was an interesting experience, if anything else.
0: Well, and we always have to try new things. That's that's how we stay alive. That's how we stay young. That's, you know, try new things and we learn new things and it enriches everything about our lives and our writing.
1: Yes, absolutely. So the, the title of this one, A Memoirs of a Scoundrel Dog, with illustrations <laughs> by Maria Marotti believe it or not. <laughs> and a new one that I'm writing about the mean cat, I I, I I think I'll have to <laughs> try and illustrate. If not, that I am friends who are <laughs> better than me. <laughs> I want to see if I can do it myself.
0: Oh my goodness, that is just wonderful! I love that you're so willing to try all these things, and and I'm so glad that you've been able to be with us. I know we're we're kind of getting close to the end of our time, so I want to make sure you have a chance to tell everybody where they can find you online, social medias, if you have Facebook or or whatever. And uh, I know you're on Amazon. I will provide that link for them. But where else can they find you? Well,
1: Facebook, yes. Um, and also, I have a website, uh, Maria Marotti uh, dash author. Um, you can easily find it. You'll see my books and some blogging that I've done. I, I haven't done it recently, but I'll go back pretty soon. And I will talk about this experience too, being interviewed. <laughs> I think it's going to be one way of communicating because it, then it goes to Facebook right away. Yeah.
0: That actually reminds me when I was looking at your website. Your last blog post, you know, it used, as you said, it had been a while, but you were talking about um, going to a marketing school for self-published authors. And I was curious about that, like w- how you found it. And, um, you know, w- what was that all about? Because I love sharing resources with our listeners. Absolutely. Yes. It's a big marketing
1: school. It's called a uh, self-publishing school. And uh, I don't even remember how I ran into it, <laughs> definitely on the internet. And um, okay, so I went in there and I think they invited me to participate to the annual meeting for very little money. It was just very, very economical. And I did, and I liked it a lot. I liked the Youthful energy of the people—they're all young—and but but um, very positive, very yeah. And in that, in the people uh, who were writing and connected with that, were of uh, you know any age, from young to to old, very old, you know. So that that was encouraging to me to see this variety and uh, the different classes that they offered. Um very nice. So I, I signed up and uh, I, I learned a lot about publishing and where to find resources, um where to find the, the podcasts eventually. And so well, there's this is this guy at Fiverr that does it fantastic job. And he does for very little money. He presented me with tons of podcasts. So that's that a fantastic resource. That's how I find it. <laughs> Yeah, many things like that that they provide you with and uh, and there is just the camaraderie and and uh, you know the being with other writers and uh, and and also you know becoming more discriminated okay i like that class it's helping me and this other one not really i mean you just you just move around and it's 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 a good experience yeah so self-publishing school um it's it's a good thing to have good resource once you Uh, already or if you even just starting because they also have writing classes I I didn't take those
0: that's the one thing I've really missed with um, the pandemic is being able to go to writers conferences because you like like you said I think it's such a unique uh, community like we don't think of each other as we're in competition it's it's very much a you know oh you're 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 like me, we have these things going on in our head that makes it so that maybe sometimes we're awkward when we talk to real people, because we're like, oh, wait, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) and it's just that sense of community that, that you're all in it together. I love that.
1: (laughs) And don't you find it when you're talking to real people, all of a sudden, something clicks, oh, this conversation is going to go into a book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All the time. And I'm like, would it be rude to pull out my notes and write something down and <laughs> all the time.
1: Yeah. Very successful. Like a Grace Bailey, you know, she, she talked about that, you know, just go around in the bus with a little thing. On. And, and <laughs> dialogues are incredible because of that, because you, they're real, they're from real life. You know, that's, yes. that's how it is.
0: That's pretty much all I had. And I, I just have, I have really, really enjoyed getting to talk to you and, I'm excited about your book, The Etruscan Princess. You know, it sounds like it's this kind of great mix of suspense and travel and romance and this, you know, look into, you know, the Italian mafia and the art theft and all these things. Um, It just sounds like it's got a little bit of everything for everybody. And I'm excited. I, I hope that does well for you. And I'm so glad that you were able to join me today and kind of kick off our reboot for our podcast. We've, you know, taken a break and I'm ready to get back in there because I love talking to people like you who are out there and doing it. So thank you very much for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm great. very grateful. It was delightful to <laughs> talk.
0: We have a little saying we like to end with and it goes, keep writing or start writing.
1: That's right. Keep writing or start writing.